My name is Lindsay, and I am here with my good friend, Erica. Hi. There she is. And today we're going to be talking about growing up in church. And so Erica and I have been friends for approximately forever, right? More or less. Yes. Since zero. Yes. (laughs) And we grew up in church together, and we went to elementary school together. We did. Until the third grade. Yep, for a little bit. Not, we didn't go to middle school or Mm -hmm. high school together. We went to college together. And so, and then, you know, just from there, we just kind of have done life together since then. Well, since since forever. The only time we really weren't together was middle school and high school. Right. But even in that, we were still in church. We were. So we've been friends forever. So we're going to talk about what it's like to grow up in church. And so with our church, we have a ton of people that have been radically saved, mm-hmm. but we don't have a lot of people. We don't really talk at least a lot about what it's like to grow up in church. Right. So that's what we want to talk about. So what was your first church memory? So I I was really thinking about that because when you have so many, it's like, where right. where did the beginning actually start? <laughs> like, where can I actually remember? Because I know that I went to the nursery, but do I recall my nursery days? Right, Probably right. not so much. But my actual first memory um, was the Happiness Club. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. And so what's hilarious is so I called my mom because I was trying to remember when I thought I remembered it being a night thing, but I couldn't remember much else about you know, I know it wasn't a Sunday night thing. So when did this happen? So I just called her last night and she was like, oh yeah, she's a uh, happiness club was on Wednesday nights. And it was um, Ed Gomes's response to um, parents who wanted to be in Wednesday prayer meeting. Right. And she said, he didn't just want it to be babysitting. He said, so, he, good. so I, I, I marked her words down because I didn't want to um, jack it up. She said <laughs> he wanted to create something beyond babysitting, something intentional. So good. And I just like I when I when I heard that, I was like, if that doesn't scream our kids ministry. Yeah. Right. 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 I just feel like that that's exactly um, what we're trying to cultivate. And it's not that I remember the lessons. Lins. Yes. It's not like I remember um, the individual lessons, but I remember having fun. Right. I remember playing with the tunnels in yeah. the blocks. Right. Right. And, and um, the please and thank you song. Yeah. Please and thank you. Please <laughs> and thank you. When us. you want something, when you want something, remember to say, <laughs> remember to say. And then it would start again. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. That's so good, though, because that is what we talk about when we talk about kids ministry. It's not babysitting. It has to be intentional. Right. And I'm so glad that you said that, that you don't remember the lessons because— That is something that stood out to me the most. Like whenever I started thinking about church memories and about kids ministry, because that's what we were involved in, obviously, when we first started, I don't remember lessons. Like I remember like the felt boards and things like that. Yeah. But I remember the people and I remember the relationships. Exactly. We had the most consistent teachers and they were older and they never tried to be somebody that they weren't. Right. You remember remember that? Yes. They were totally comfortable in their skin. They were older women. You know, they brought in those strawberry candies yes. and like all that, oh my gosh. all of that stuff, like the Kool-Aid, like all of it. Yeah. And 
what I remember is just their consistency and them really loving us right. and showing up for us. Right. And I, whenever I thought about that, I was like, man, we complicate. Sometimes we complicate things a little bit. A, a lot of it, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. We can definitely get in our own heads. For sure. One of my first church memories is the pews and crawling under the pews. <laughs> Did you? I know that you must have done that with me. Yes, <laughs> and then there were like these spiral stairs on yes, the side on of the, the side. church. Um, what was it? On top of, uh, on the side of the... Um, of the, the, um, the choir. Yes. Yeah. And so we would go downstairs. We'd run down those spiral steps and we would go into the fellowship hall, um, which is where we would hang out. Like when we, there would be like after glory clothes and all that stuff. And we'd go in the fridge and see if there's any food. (laughs) Naturally. Obviously. (laughs) So that was one of my first church memories. What do you remember about your parents in the church? You mentioned calling your mom and asking her. And I love that she remembered it so effortlessly, it sounds like. I I, I picked up the phone and I swear I had an answer within seconds. And I'm like, wow, why is your memory so good about that? (laughs) But I really think when I think about my parents in the church, I for sure think consistency. Yep. When the church doors were open, they were there. Yep. Um, There wasn't much we didn't attend, you know, and um, it really is a, you know, time, talents, treasure. Absolutely. Because we certainly were there, um, you know, for Sunday school and then first service and then night service and then Wednesdays (laughs) and then possibly Friday night Bible school. Like there's there's a lot um, that they were involved in. But they would also, like my dad, obviously, you know, helped to build it. Um, You know, he certainly served in that capacity. My mom was in the choir. Um, And for sure, they were tithing because they, I I distinctly recall, and this is so funny. Like, I remember us needing to tithe our birthday money. Yes, I actually remember you telling me that. Our birthday money, we, they, they had us tithe it. So it's just... These are things that I just recall about them that they were, they were practical. They were con- they were consistent, and they they took church very seriously. Yeah, that's what I remember about them. So it also meant that there were things like if I wanted to be a part of that would compromise us being in church, I couldn't be right because I I really fancied myself the next Mia Ham. Um, <laughs> yes, I remember this. But that was not to be. And the reason is because (laughs) (laughs) soccer practice was going to be on a Sunday. Right. So my brother could participate because his uh, games were on Saturdays, but I couldn't. Right. And so you just moved on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no questions. It was just— And it wasn't—I felt like it wasn't an awkward conversation. It was just a very, like, this is what we do. This is what we do. And it's one of those answers that— I know I'm not going to change your mind. So we all move on together. Yeah. They had like that. So this good. was just this was just what it was. That's so, so we good. weren't even going to have a back and forth about it because I already knew I wasn't changing your mind. Right. So then we moved on and oh, wait, I got involved in dance. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yep. it, and it was fine. Um, but they had that um, they had that conviction. Right. That we needed to be at church and that yep. it was important. Right. That's so good. I feel like I remember that about my parents, too. That was one of the things that I when I was remembering it, it was that church was a priority. But what I really liked is that neither of my parents, I never felt like either of my parents were like, you have to wake up and do a devotion. You have to do this. You have to do that. You can't listen to the radio. I mean, when we were younger, obviously, we couldn't listen to the radio. But then as we got older, you know, when we're in our teens, they let us kind of navigate that a little bit and use our own conviction. Like, okay, well, is that music edifying? Like, does it please God? Does it, does it help you become a better person? And so, um, 
that was one of the things that I loved about it. And my dad was very involved with music. Mm-hmm. And so I used Aww. to love going with him when he would practice. Um, and I remember thinking like, the church doors are open. My dad's going to be there. I want to be. And there was nobody there. It was just me and Jillian, one of my sisters probably, or one, even maybe one of my older sisters. And we would just like run around the church and think like, this is awesome. Like right. we love the church. Right. And so I remember my dad being really involved and I'm one of six. So my mom was less involved as mm-hmm. far as ministry goes. Right. But it was so clear that church was still a priority, even for her. And community was a priority mm-hmm. for her. Whenever someone was sick or whenever they needed something, my mom, I remember my mom like making extra things and, you know, just being, um, being a mom to other people and right. being a friend to other people. Right, and right, that's right. the other thing that I think I remember the most about our parents is obviously our parents were really close friends and they still are very close right. friends. And the community of the church and like how our parents were friends with other parents at church and we all got to do things together. And our, our parents' consistency in the church and their commitment to one another and commitment to the house really benefited us because sure. now we have a great friendship, mm-hmm. almost probably more closer to a sisterhood. Right. I think we really passed Definitely. friendship, you know, 20 years ago, probably. <laughs> um, and so, and they set such a great model of community and honesty and transparency and being there for one another, but also really loving the house of God and not in a fake way, just right. in a genuine, right. a genuine way. It, it didn't feel, there was an obligation no. attached to it. You could tell that it came from um, a place where they wanted to do it. Yeah, right, right. And so let's talk about friendships and mentors in, in um, as kids and in youth ministry. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit, little bit about kids ministry and how, you know, we remember the relationships and the friendships. Right. But let's talk about youth ministry. Like, what was that? What do you remember about that? So I just remember, again, I, I think it's just a feeling a sense of church was fun. And I think it to to your point about community, it's not like my family was the one quote religious family right. and I was the only, you know, kid. If if there is a community and everybody's having their kids come right. to the different things, all of a sudden you have a great group of people. Right. And and it is fun. You know what I mean? Like to to be at a youth group on yep. a Wednesday night. And having ice, you know, doing ice cream and mini yeah, golf and yeah, different yeah. things like that. I just remember the Margisons and their consistency. Yes. So it was our youth leaders. Yes. And they just had, I really can't even describe their qualities. Right. But they were, you know, our parents' age, but they just related so well to right. the young people. Right. They didn't, they weren't trying to be young. Right. They just, they loved music. They loved us. And, um, we didn't have to wonder if from week to week, you know, is, oh, is, is it going to be canceled or, oh you my know, gosh, will never. they not show up? It right. was, they were always there somehow. Yes. I don't yes. know how exactly that yep. happened, but that's my favorite is that, um, they were so consistent. We had so much fun. Right. Um, and so like, even when I think about sometimes parents, I can, I can see how it would be, um, because you're having, because your kid's having fun at youth group that it might be what you try to take from them oh my as like a punishment. Right. I, I understand that logic. Yep. But like my conviction is like absolutely not. Yeah. Like these are the things and these are the people right. that 
have kept me on the straight path. Absolutely. And I remember our parents even saying that. And I'm sure our parents probably talked about this because they had, they really had community with one another. They were true friends. They really were. Still are true friends. (laughs) Um, But I, my parents would always say that too. Like if we had to be punished for something, whatever it was, it was like, we would miss dance. We would miss, you know, soccer for you or track or whatever it was, but it was never, ever youth group. Like that was never something that was ever taken away from us because they, they understood that they understood that spiritual connection and that soul connection. Like that if we're messed, if we've messed up, like Mm -hmm. we need to be in church, like (laughs) we need to be around community. And it was the same thing with youth group. Like there are a few lessons that I remember Maybe, actually, probably not really. (laughs) I'm lying. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't remember many of them, but Steve and Michelle, who are our youth pastors, were so, they were just so good with us. They were. And they always believed in us. And you know what I loved about them? I actually had this picture in my head when I was thinking about this. I remember Steve, um, I don't know what had happened, but I remember him talking in front of us and him putting his head down on the podium and he started to cry. Mm. And I'm not sure what it was about or anything. But I remember, I still see that picture. And I remember thinking like, I appreciate that kind of honesty. Right. Because it was like, they weren't perfect. Right. And even if they struggled with that, I'm sure they struggled with, man, am I doing enough? Am I, should I be doing this? Should we, should we be doing that? None of that mattered to us. And we didn't see any of that. Right. But I saw their honesty we, they would argue in front of us sometimes. Do you remember that? <laughs> She'd be like, Steven. <laughs> that was my favorite when, when she called him some, Steven. When he would say something crazy. Because <laughs> yep. he was like, he was wild. Yeah, he was. He was um, so funny. And he was so himself. Yes. And, but we loved that. We and loved you, it. Because you can tell when someone's being honest with you and when they're not and when they're being authentic to who they are right. and when they're, not, when they're not. And they really love Jesus and they would do anything for us. Absolutely. And I just, like Michelle, it's the kind of like the nurse in her. Yes. She was a nurse too. She just... She just cared for people. Yes. And it translated in, in youth ministry beautifully. Absolutely. So, yeah, I have such great memories. It of, was awesome. Of, uh, of that time. So what was your first experience with Jesus? That is a great question, again, because I think probably most of what we struggle with is familiarity. Right. And just trying to remember, okay, what was my first? Mm-hmm. Um and I really think it was around, uh, it was at a church camp and I was, I had to have been maybe 10 or 11. And I really don't know that I've ever actually like said this story. Um, but it's kind of hilarious how God works because the minister that year, there were like a lot of people sort of complaining <laughs> about him. <laughs> Meanwhile, you were like, yes, tell me more. <laughs> so so he, he may have been a little dry. God love him. <laughs> Um, and people were not a, hu- a huge fan. Let's just say he never came back. Okay. Oh, that's so I sad. know. But here's the thing. And <laughs> if you, if you are open to being used, God will use you. Amen. Because that's so good. it was through him preaching and it wasn't an audible voice that I heard, but all of a sudden I just had a knowing in my 10 or 11 year old mind, um, that this God I've been hearing about forever is real. So good. And it was just there in the, you know, in an outdoor church camp yep. that it was cemented for all of time in my brain through somebody that people right. weren't even that big a fan of. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um and and that for me was 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 just such a Jesus moment. Yeah. Uh, how about you? Um so I remember my dad leading me to Christ when I was probably like 5 or 6. Um, and I remember sitting at the kitchen table after he did it. And I was like, 
you know, my mom was like, so what happened, Lindsay? And I was like, daddy saved me. And then my dad <laughs> shot back at me and he goes, Jesus saved you. I led you to him. Oh, and I was good. like, oh, yeah. And, you know, at that moment, you know, I'm like five or six. And I was like, I'm so sorry I messed up. I didn't mean that, <laughs> you know. But for me, I think that there was like a gradual progression Right. So I first accepted Jesus when I was, you know, five or six. And then I remember being 13 and Steve and Michelle taking us to those conferences mm. in Washington, D.C. And seeing all of the people. Yes. All these teenagers that love Jesus and having a real experience with Jesus then. Right. And re- almost like recommitting my teenage life. Right. And then as I got older, you know, went to college and I remember having another moment. And I was, think I was 18. Now, I had grown, we had grown up in church. Right. So at 18... I had this knowing Jesus loves me and I, that like shook me to my core. Right. And so I think when you're growing up in church, I, those are like the experiences that kind of build on one right. another. Yep. And so that was my, my, I would say that my, those two experiences in the beginning, like with my dad and then um, when I was 13 and really committing my life to Jesus and really having an understanding of what that means. Right. Those are probably two of the most significant moments in my life as far as, um, experiencing Jesus. Mm. So here's another question. Did you ever walk away from church? And why, if you did? So I I have to say, I don't, I never walked away from church. Um, I may not have always been doing the right thing along mm-hmm. the way, but I never walked away from church. And there's just, uh, you know, a bunch of reasons for that, depending on the time frame that, that we're talking about. Yeah. But first of all, where would I be going? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, yeah. like when you have that level of accountability, yeah, who's not going to call me out if they if they Seriously. habitually don't see me on a Sunday? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right, like, right. and it's it's sort of those ties. And then, like, um, you know, at certain points, I was in, uh, you know, worship teams. Well, right. again, that's that's a reason to be there, even if I'm not, even if the life that you're living might even um, conflict yeah. with, with you going to church, per se. Right. Um, I, it's never that I walked away from church, and it's never that I didn't think that God was real. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I, I think, I really think that it, it was it was the community. It was, if anything, it was probably, um, it was a habitual thing. It was, yeah. it was a routine. Right. Not a bad routine. Do you right. know what I mean? But right. even routine can... It can save you and it can compromise you simultaneously. Yeah, that's so good. How do you feel? Do you feel like it compromised you in any way? Only in the fact that I, I feel you have to push through. Yeah. Um, you have to push through for it to not be the familiar. Right. When when you've been tithing since you were four on your birthday cards <laughs> and that no longer is a challenge. Yeah. You have to push through. That's real good. To... Um, to get revelation, you have to push through to to make it not routine. And am I just doing this because it's what I've always done, or am I actually listening to God and having that translate into how I worship or how I right. how I how I live day to day? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I don't think I ever walked away from church. Um. Again, not to say that along the road of thirty seven years, yeah, it was a perfect road because it right. most certainly was not. Did you have a moment where you were like, okay, I. I have to get serious about this in your adult life. I feel like I had multiple moments like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, to Almost to your point, everything's been sort of a building. Yep. Um, because even, even 
when I was thinking about what college to go to. Mm -hmm. I remember my guidance counselor being kind of annoyed (laughs) with me because he wanted me to apply to schools that um, maybe were academically far more challenging to get into or different things like that. But I knew that I needed a Christian college because I, I knew that it could be routine and that if I didn't have the routine, what would church kind of slide by the wayside? Right. So for me, I did pick a Christian college and, um, and so I feel like it's kind of different intentional acts like that, that have kind of kept me from maybe going off and, and, and maybe not having the church be as part of my life as, as maybe it would have. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. (laughs) It does make a lot of sense. Um, for me, I think that I never walked away from church. Um, I always remember feeling this love for the house of God. Mm. Like I just loved it. Um, and so the thought, you know, and it's same, same with you. It's not that you didn't make do stupid things. Right. I totally did a few really dumb things that I really regret. Right. Um, but the there was like this this thing about the church and about God and about almost like he has my he has my back. There's something more for me, right? That always kind of kept me in church, like mm. that feeling of like, man, if I walked away from this and I'm left up to my own devices and I'm left to make myself and to just be smart on my own and and to do all of these things, that was so not appealing to me, right? Right. Something about the community of church and the mystery of who God is Mm. and the mystery of what my life could be if I follow him and how he's going to take care of me and and he could do things beyond my wildest imagination. That excited me so much more than walking away from it and trying to figure it out on my own did. And so that always kind of that always kind of kept me. And I don't think I even realized Mm. it until now because you know, I had plenty of opportunities and you know poor relationships and poor choices that right, you right, make right. that would, that could easily derail you. Yep. Um, and, you know, I like kind of put my toe in the water. And then I remember, you know, coming home at night and crying and thinking like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> right. this isn't what I want. This, is not, right. this isn't what I want my life to look nope. like. And I'm so glad that I, that I never got into that, into that. And that I stayed in church. I remember once somebody telling me in college, I don't know if you were even there with me, but uh, we were talking about testimonies. And, you know, you always hear these stories of people that, you know, were radically saved. Right. Like I was a drug dealer. I, you know, I had someone call the office the other day and say, like, I used to worship Satan and now I oh, gave wow. my life to Jesus. And I was like, oh, my word. <laughs> right. Like, these are this is some intense stories right. that, you know, it makes the hair in your neck stand up because it's like, man, God is so real. Yeah. I, and I remember feeling like, man, I don't have a story like that. Did you ever feel like... Uh, my story is kind of boring. Do you want to hear it? Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the, the short answer is yes, absolutely. Yes, right. Because I guess the reality of our story is that our parents were the ones who were radically saved. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So like they had the night and day testimonies. Right. Whereas our testimonies look like night and later that night. Yeah. <laughs> At least to our own right, ears. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right. It wasn't the radical shift that really, to your point, like lights up a room. Yeah. Wow. That's really. So I definitely struggled with this is boring. Right. And someone had told me when I had said that to them, they had said, yours is a story of grace and of mercy. Right. And at the time I thought, 
boring. Womp <laughs> <laughs> womp. Yeah, woohoo. <laughs> but as an adult now, right. the power of the story of Jesus yes. is the grace Absolutely. and is the mercy. And it's grace. Grace is what holds you. Right. And mercy is what holds you. Right. And that's what makes this that's what makes Jesus so powerful. Right. Because he came to stand in the place for us and right. to stand in the gap for us so that we could be in relationship with God. And so is that not the most ultimate is that not the ultimate story of grace and of mercy? Absolutely. And it really speaks to legacy too. Oh yeah. Because I in, you know, certainly both as parents. Right. It the, our story is now much more attractive to me, right? Because what it's saying is that because our parents made a decision, we then stayed the course, right? And when as our kids grow up in church, right? You know, um, we're praying the same for them, yeah. That you know, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are older, they won't depart from it, right? Um, and that that would be a legacy. Yeah. And and it, as a parent, I think I appreciate of my course. testimony more because. We're praying it on our kids. I don't yeah. want them to have to taste the things of this world, like you always right, say, for right. dedications, right. Um, for them to know how great God right. is. And I think that that's what I love about our church, too, now, is that we're seeing radical moves of God right now in our community. And our kids, I pray that our kids always know that it's that the church is miraculous. Like, right. what God does in the house of God is miraculous, but what God does in his people is miraculous. And we're seeing that now in this pandemic, like mm. we're not in a church building, but we're still hearing miracles and people being radically saved, mm. being radically healed. Amazing. And our kids get to see that and they get to be a part of that. Right. So this is awesome, Erica. I'm so glad that you did this with me. This Yay. was really fun to travel down memory lane. And I know. Think about all of the ways that God has been with us and has sustained us. And we're praying that over our kids and over your kids, if you're listening. Um, so like we always say, sharing is caring. So if this podcast was helpful to you, please share it. <laughs>